Good afternoon. This is Bakes, Kevin Baker with Bakes Takes. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is Saturday, January 9th, 2021. Crazy week. Let's get right into it. I'm trying to talk slower, Mike, because of the uh, aforementioned coffee-Van Halen combination that I had. So I'm going to dial it back a little bit. Number one, uh, misfit morons and Trump. And misfit morons kind of fire me up. So when they take over the Capitol, I get a little worked up and my uh, pace quickens. Uh had very little impact on the market, has very little impact on anything for now. I'll get into that. Uh, all of them are likely back in 2024. Brace yourself. Uh, number two, Bitcoin has a major impact. And you, the greatest impact. Um, and I'll go into this in a little bit more depth later. But uh, when you see uh, insanity and, and, and crazy headlines, and uh, like what we saw in Washington this week, uh, I hope I'm going to be able to to provide ways for you to manage your emotions and make and 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 divorce these things from your investment decisions. I try to do it. I think I'm pretty good at it by now, but um, I hope I add value. So let's go right into this. Uh, please send uh, your questions and feedback. That's invaluable to me. Uh, I plan to be more consistent. Uh, plans to build the website. Uh, launch a newsletter, free and paid. I want to add guests, and I'd love to have your ideas about uh, candidates that you think I should be talking to that that add value. And I'm posting more. I hope you saw it this week. Uh, I've got. Uh, I'm trying to, you know, show up every day and and add something that that catches my eye. That's a little bit off the beaten path for every from everybody else. Uh, why I do this, Bobby, Jack, my sons. And I invite you to listen in. They and their friends were they, were, they were in college business programs. They're graduated now. And they'd call me up as they were going to an interview or, or uh, working on a project. And they'd fire me questions. And I liked it. And so I just kind of took it to the next level. And now I'm broadening my forum. Uh, been doing this a long time, 30 plus years. I've enjoyed successes. I've suffered failures. I've learned. And now I think I can teach and coach. And you're going to be the ultimate judge of that. Uh, I was a stockbroker uh, in the 1987 crash, which so- sounds and seems like ancient history, but uh, that's my my journey. I realized I didn't know what I was doing, and most stock market analysts didn't know what they were doing. And I uh, my re-education started then. I read 500-plus books, probably close to 1,000. I got my MBA um, and discovered technical analysis because, it, frankly, especially in the 87 crash, the technical uh, people uh, vastly did better than than the folks that were relying on fundamentals. So it's not right or wrong, but I go technical analysis first, uh, fundamental analysis second, and it just works for me. I read the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, The Economist. I listen to podcasts. I devour relevant newsletters. I monitor what Google alerts are bringing me. And I point you to them. And um, uh, But if you don't want to do that, please know that I'm consuming all those for you. I eat home cooking. I uh, invest in what I talk about. And I have no conflicts. I'm about as uh, transparent as you can be. Uh, this is not investment advice. Here's my disclaimer. Please conduct and share your own due diligence. The more the community grows and the more they share, the better that we're all going to do. Uh, my themes and groups starting off here. Uh, uh, agriculture. Now, I, I know you guys are, are looking at AgWeb uh, magazine all the time like I am, but um, this is Tyne Morgan and has a very concise uh, rationale for $15 soybeans being a reality in, in, in the new year. Um, the, uh, and the main case is China. 
China is buying between 25 and 35 million metric tons of corn over the next couple of years. And uh, demand is growing so fast, uh, given that the uh, China is replenishing the herd that was decimated, the, the, uh, the hog herd. Uh, back in 2019, there was African swine fever. Uh, they had to kill off a lot of animals that were unproductive, and now they're getting back to 80% of that, of that prior herd, and uh, the hogs are hungry. And uh, now, why do you care? You care because you can make money from it. And that, that, you know, that's always my question is, you know, how do we use this and how do we make money? And uh, I've been talking about agriculture for probably, what, three or four months, Mike, something like that? And couldn't find one that really looked good to me until now. Uh, this is the Tucrium, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, Agricultural Fund, TAGS, T-A-G-S. And so if you want to uh, you know, do your own homework, obviously, but uh, I know how to read a chart. And this is breaking a multi-year downtrend line on increased volume, very bullish. Uh, and it, uh, you I encourage you to go to the YouTube channel if I'm in your earbud right now as you're working out or, 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 or driving. Uh, but there's a recurring theme here. We've seen a lot of commodities that suffered dramatically during the, the uh, financial crisis and it's taken 10 years, 12 years to, to work off excess supply and, and match production. Now demand is back up, and we're seeing this in a range of commodities, especially agriculture. This I like because, number one, it's tiny. It trades about 1,000 shares a day. So if other people discover this, and please help them do so, uh, they're going to push the price up pretty dramatically. And this is, in, in essence, uh, a quarter each, corn, wheat, soybeans, sugar. I like all of them. I like this chart the most. And uh, I think we're going to make, we're, we're already making money on, on this. And uh, I'm very encouraged. Uh, silver, SIL, uh, I'm back in, in, the, in, the, in the silver miners. And my, uh, I probably pound on it too much, but I'm always looking at volume. If you see the, 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 the blue line here to the far right on the bottom, that's up day volume. Pink is the down day volume. And when I see silver, uh, in this case, uh, an ETF full of silver mining companies, their stocks hitting intermediate highs on above average volume. I bought it and I like it. And we can go into the reasons uh, for that down the road. But um, uh, here's my take. The long-term trends are intact for Bitcoin, uranium, cannabis, gaming and esports, copper, and now agriculture, corn, sugar, wheat, soybeans, and silver. And that's a very unconventional portfolio. I admit it, but it works. And all I do is follow my eye and tell them and, and find out where I should be doing additional research and find long-term themes to exploit. I think I found them. I'm now probably 85% invested, something like that. And um, uh, you're not going to walk into a Merrill office and they're going to give you this portfolio. I don't care. I think this is this is uncorrelated. It's very diverse. Under each of these, there's probably 50 stocks inside of every one of them. Um, uh, so... Uh, it's working. I'm going to keep doing it. And if things don't work, I sell them and I'll, I'll, I'll report that back to you as well. Uh, fan mail uh, from one of my favorite fans, uh, Jack Baker, my son. Um, and he asked me last week, I talked about my becoming uh, the CEO and chief investment officer of Tower Financial Technology, a quant system. 
and he goes, "What do you like better, or or uh, you know why both?" And I'll give you, I'll tell you, I'll be very upfront and tell you exactly what happened. Um, big technical analysis is the is the is the main thrust of what I talk about here. Um, I've been doing that for thirty years. And Bakes Takes was, was obviously first, and I will try anything, and if it works, I'll add it to my toolkit. And so technical analysis works, I added it, and it's, it's, it's been profitable for a long, long time. Um, traditional active management, where I come from, is not working. Uh, you know, having uh, a financial analyst and a, and a technology analyst and a healthcare analyst uh, presenting ideas to portfolio managers and picking stocks is not working. They're underperforming, they're losing assets, and they're going out of business. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not mad, so I'm not going to do the same thing over over and over again and act like it's going to work this time. That doesn't work. So you're seeing active mutual funds just getting crushed. Um, now, contrast that with my partner, Dr. Lev Markov, uh, his he developed the system that underlies Tower Financial Technology. Brilliant mathematician, PhD in applied mathematics, and his system works. And frankly, uh, we were talking back in March, April, in the in the height of COVID, and um, I was very skeptical because I've never seen a bad back test. That's what you know the the line is in in, in the industry. Um, and just to go back a little bit. It's a quant system. It is entirely dispassionate, uh, automatic, uh, and, and based on trading history. Uh, it's three years and 50,000 lines of code, and it looks for a stock acting, un- unusual trading activity in a stock that resembles prior unusual trading activity. It generates one or two or three, four signals a month, and uh, we're right 77% of the time. And uh, we make more money on our winners than our losers. And we were up every month this year, uh, dramatically outperformed in the second half, 1,200 basis points over the S&P 500. We've expanded that. We're, we're you know, getting new investors on board right now as we speak. Uh, if you're accredited, which unfortunately means you have $2.1 million in Massachusetts, please reach out and we'll discuss. I'd love it. Uh, or if you know anybody I should be talking to. But uh, that's what I do with Tower. And I want to make your Robinhood account work, too. So there's not going to be any confetti here at Bakes Takes, but we're going to be effective. And you tell me what else I can, I can bring to the table. Jack, I hope that's helpful. And, uh, and I'm going to go on a tangent on your second question, which is thoughtful. We'll see how, let me know what you think. Uh, you asked about uh, what the impact is of uh, the U.S., what, but let's call it Trump's push. It's an executive order to delete, de- delist three Chinese companies. Why those three? Don't know. Uh, the list was bigger before, and then the exchanges reversed themselves uh, over the last few days. They weren't going to do it. Now they are. Um, and it, frankly, at first, my dismissal of politics and investing kicked in. I just don't care almost all the time. Upon reflection, here are my takes. Uh, number one, any Trump executive order is very likely dropped in 12 days. I can't see Biden picking up anything that that uh, Trump has has uh, promoted. Number two, uh, Chinese companies should meet all of our accounting and transparency standards like all of our companies do. I think they likely will. I think we're just going to get there in a different route. And number three, 
be wary. The, com- the Communist Party can Jack Ma you. Uh, Jack Ma is a billionaire. He's the chairman of Alibaba. He, um, uh, his ant financial was going to go public. It is disrupting the, the state-owned financial companies inside of China. He was bad-mouthing the, the, these companies and, in part, the, the Communist Party. And they said, we're going to block your, your, your IPO. And oh, by the way, nobody has seen Jack Ma since. So they're not playing by the same rule book that, that we are here in America. So I've talked about you know, Chinese uh, ETFs that look intriguing to me. I have not pulled the trigger. And I think I gave you my reason why just there. Uh, when you invest in a company, uh, you don't want their CEO to go AWOL because they've run a scans of, of the Communist Party. There we go. Um, so uh, now, brace. This is the tangent, Jack, and all of you. Brace yourself. Trump will be back, and I think this is this is worth the price of the whole podcast. Um, uh, I've seen this in a couple of places. I've seen this on a podcast, uh, the Macro Voices podcast. I forget the lady that offered this view. This is Business Insider, uh, but but uh, Trump wants to start a digital media channel to take revenge on Fox News and peel off its audience when he leaves office. And this makes a lot more sense than you might think it does. Uh, he made more of his, most of his money not by developing real estate, but by having that foolish uh, reality show. Um, so here's what I see playing out, and I want to be wrong. I don't think I am. The insurrection schmucks, they're also the, the um, uh, misfit morons I, I, I mentioned earlier, uh, they're going to be subscribers. They're going to listen to his nonsense for four years. And if in four years the stock market is down, which is likely from here, uh, Biden Harris are going to be out and he's going to be back in 2024. Um, that brings me no joy to offer that possibility to you, but I don't want you to be blindsided by it as well. We'll see how it unfolds, but it makes more and more sense of all the pieces of evidence that I see coming across all the things that I'm consuming every day. So uh, here's my take. Add what works for you, uh, in my case, including quant systems, and I will do whatever it takes to, uh, to, to, to make money within reason, obviously. And uh, Trump will be back. Sorry, but brace yourself. Uh, podcasts of the week. I bring, it seems like I bring this up every week, but it, it, that's how good it is. The Compound Show with Josh Brown. I like his content a great deal. Um, uh, and, and this one was, was titled, The Stock Market is Heartless. And he talks not only about this past week where we saw the capital being taken over and, 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 and four deaths, I think, happened uh, as of this, this, this counting right here. Five now, sorry. Uh, I hate updating things like that. Uh, and the stock market went up, and 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 uh, so you had this crazy scene of bedlam uh, on the TV screen, and then the ticker symbols were virtually all green on the bottom. And and uh, Josh asks, and I think answers why that is. Uh, he also brings back uh, the JFK example, which I think I've brought up in the past. Now uh, the JFK assassination wasn't live. You know, Walter Cronkite told us all about it, but uh, the stock market hardly blinked. I mean, the the the, the president, arguably the most beloved uh, pre- president of of, of history, uh, was was shot in the head in a moving car, 
and stunned everybody. And the stock market didn't blink. It just kept going north. So why is that? Uh, the stock market is unemotional. That's part of it. And the other part is, and I ask you to do this, I want you to discount the news and the headlines heavily for all the reasons we just discussed. But the market is discounting the future. I can't say that enough. And I think it's applicable, especially in this late stages of COVID. I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get it, you know, Fauci to call me online too. Um, but the market is looking into the end of this year, 2022, how all of these companies are doing, what their cash flows are, discounting them back, and here's what you get. So uh, again, that's why I mentioned point three at the outset. I want you to control, you have the most impact, especially on your investing uh, world by controlling your emotions. I hope in some small way, I help with that. Uh, reporters of the week. Uh, uh, this is in Barron's. Corn crops are unlikely to be bountiful. Expect higher prices. This is Simon Constable. Quick uh, point. I can't tell you how often this happens. And Mike, you see this. You know, I see a chart. I don't know what's going on. And maybe it, it sits around for two, three months. And then the news shows up that that you know fortifies or explains what was percolating in the past. Here it is, corn, which is part of the TAGS ETF that I that I mentioned. Uh, corn in inventory is going to be $1.3 billion uh, at the end of the 2020-21 the uh, growing season. It was supposed to be 1.7 billion bushels. Heck of a shortfall. Uh, prices were 308 a bushel in August. Now they're 4-ish, 4-450-ish, heading to 5 or 6, it looks like. Why? Uh, bad weather in South America leads to later planting of the second corn crop in Brazil. That's going to lead to lower production levels. The crop would normally get planted in February, but it's so dry in South America, it's delaying the planting of soybeans. It's kind of like butterfly wings we're doing here, um, which will ultimately have the knock-on effect of delaying the second corn crop. A reduced uh, crop in, in uh, corn crop in Brazil is a big deal, as the country is the third largest producer between, between uh, behind the U.S. and China. So soybean prices are far higher than corn prices, uh, giving farmers a reason to, to grow the former. And um, uh, it, and China needs corn. So uh, it goes back to the point mentioned before. Back in 2019, the hog herd was crushed by African swine fever. And uh, you get, you know, 200 million uh, pigs that are really, really hungry. So it's good for corn. So those are my takes. Um, uh, I, I, I like I like corn and, and, and the agricultural complex for, for right now. Uh, charts and tweets of the week. This is Jim Bianco, uh, a very bright guy. I've met him a couple times out of Chicago. And he, very, he says very simply, inflation is coming. And he says that next to a very compelling chart. Again, if you're listening to this, I encourage you to go to the YouTube channel so you can see this commodities and interest rates diverge. And I think I would put after that for now. Uh, commodities are screaming, frankly, more than I thought. And I've been watching uranium and silver and gold and soybeans as much as anybody. Um, but, I mean, we're back close to, to uh, you know, uh, high levels, uh, the, the high levels. And, but interest rates haven't. And 
that might be the Fed is is uh, uh, buying them to keep them down. I I don't know what the case is, but my suspicion is yields catch up to the commodity chart, not the other way around. Take a look at it; it's pretty compelling. Uh, next, uh, this is from my. I gave you the, the link to my YouTube channel. Uh, shamelessly plugging it this time. Uh, this is September second, two thousand twenty, and uh, uh, it's three minutes on on you know my rant on bond prices going down. And please watch it because the charts are very helpful and illustrative. In the past, when money supply and gold rise like this, and frankly, we've never seen money supply. This money supply has sent dwarfs anything we've ever seen. Long-term interest rates rise 250 basis points. That's just the history. That's what it does. And it could be different this time. I just doubt it. And I look at Bitcoin and commodities and the agricultural uh, complex and everything else, and it points to the same conclusion. So this is the Rydex inverse government long bond. It's a mutual fund uh, versus an ETF. It just suits my eye more than the ETFs that I found but this approximates shorting the 30-year bond. Uh, uh, now, this does not correspond to yields. These are just the price levels of the ETF that goes out and shorts the uh, the 30-year bond. Uh, we're at 120 or so right now. The next resistance levels uh, look like 132 to 145. I've got long-term uh, 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 lines on the chart that, that I think are valid. Uh, and so that's one thing. And then I go to the next chart longer term and draw this downtrend line that goes 13 years. Uh, and it also suggests that, that uh, this inverse bond uh, fund goes to 132, 145. So that means interest rates are going up. The chart suggests 10 to 15 percent and bond prices are going down. And I think that's neutral to negative for stocks this year, perhaps not this month or quarter, but for the year at a minimum, uh, I think it compresses multiples. And uh, I think it's unlikely to break now. I think it's unlikely to break above those meaningfully on the first attempt. Just get it's there's such long term trends that are reversing. Here's Jim again. And. I, and I can't. I, I long for the day where I, I don't have anything political to talk about uh, on on the podcast. But there's such misinformation, and I think over attention paid to this that I want to provide the facts that I that I see. Uh, as far as having a unified or a divided government, now that this Georgia nonsense is over, uh, for stocks doesn't mean much. The 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 returns are very very similar. Bond returns are not. When there's a, a unified government. In this case, the Democrats uh, uh, bonds act lousy, and uh, it feeds into all these other things that that I've been been talking to, and I just pointed out for your review. Um, Mike, you own Tesla, right? I do. Okay, uh, congratulations. By the way, I don't. What I, I'm an idiot. Um, uh, but Tesla. The reason I bring this up is that I have CNBC on behind me almost all day. Well, that's good or bad, I don't know. But and things perk my ears up. And when, when people like Bill Miller, very respected long-term money manager out of Baltimore, when he's on, uh, especially when he's talking about, about Tesla and, CNB, uh, and, and Bitcoin on CNBC, uh, I pay attention. I also pay attention to the fact that uh, CNBC has become the Tesla Bitcoin channel. And whenever the attention 
gets that uh, uh, focused on, on, on a couple of areas, that means they're probably likely to reverse soon. Uh, now, Bill Miller mentioned that uh, the company should sell additional stock at this level. And he's right. I mean, at 873, you can raise $20 billion in an afternoon, put it into Treasury, hell, buy half in Bitcoin, and the stock stock probably still goes up. My point being is that, you know, selling stock right now could come out, it could be dilutive, and uh, it could knock the stock price down. He proposed them buying GM, which I haven't heard from anybody else, uh, General Motors, and I think that the market would hate that idea. I think it's very unlikely, but I don't really care. When you have a, a parabola like this, a, we've gone from 500 to 873 in three months. Uh, you got to get ready for pullbacks, and perfectly reasonable pullback, pullbacks are to the 50-day moving average, which is at 570. So that's 300 points. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying it can, and you don't need much news to get there. So, uh, you know, if you're playing with the house money, terrific. Uh, and probably you are because you, the stock's up 700% last year. But just be ready for some, some red days, in my opinion. Uh, here's the Bitcoin trust again. CNBC is again flogging Bitcoin mercilessly. Uh, this is not Bitcoin itself, by the way. This is the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, GBTC. And it's the same sort of thought. It has gone north. Uh, from 15 bucks, where, where give or take, we bought it. Uh, it's now at 47. Uh, sometimes I'm lucky, sometimes I'm good, sometimes I'm both. Uh, but the 50-day moving average is at 24, and I think it's perfectly reasonable for this to pull in, uh, which is, by the way, that's half, uh, and do very little technical damage and, and get ready for the next upside. So be ready, watch the volume, I sure as heck am, and, um, you know, for those two important names, just be ready to have some down days, which I think, you know, the company and, 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 the, and, and Bitcoin have earned it. Uh, newsletters of the week just started this and uh, because I was finding such, such great stuff. Uh, this is Professor Galloway, Prof G, his No Mercy, No Malice uh, uh, newsletter and his predictions for 2021. And by the way, he did pretty well. In 2020, I recommend this and his podcast. He does one, a joint one called Pivot with Kara Swisher. I like a great deal. And uh, they're my left-wing people that I listen to. And everybody else is, is sort of, uh, you know, uh, in, the, in the center, so to speak. But uh, Airbnb hits $200 a share and gets into short-term office space. Uh, the price target doesn't surprise me too much given the success of the IPO. Uh, I haven't heard of, of the office space argument from anybody else. Given the demise of WeWork, makes a lot of sense. And I think their brand is about as good as anybody out there. And he makes a very compelling case that it's better because you, their market cap is, is equal to the five biggest hotel chains and American Airlines right now for a company that's been around 10 years. Uh, pretty remarkable. And it's a great product. And, and people love it. Uh, Wall Street goes deeper into healthcare via acquisition. And uh, I've heard this about Amazon, too, to a certain extent. Uh, but his line is, healthcare in America is like living in San Francisco. Expensive, but bad. And I think that's apt. Uh, rural Americans are closer on average to a Walmart than to a hospital. And as the largest private employer in the world, 
Walmart's healthcare costs are its biggest expense after after wages. They already op- operate uh, primary care clinics. You can get a physical for thirty dollars. It acquired CareZone, uh, a prescription management app, in June. And look out for more. And look out for their targets. And maybe be in front of those. We'll see how that plays itself out. Bitcoin Bitcoin surpasses fifty thousand dollars. Obviously brings a smile to my face. And uh, his rationale is there's nine billion dollars, sorry, nine trillion dollars of, of gold supply in the world. Nineteen trillion is held in U.S. dollars. And if if those two assets bleed into Bitcoin, it doesn't take much take much to move the price up, as we have already seen. Uh, the value of Bitcoin is around four hundred billion dollars. To give it perspective, so even as an alternative currency with limited application. It likely has a lot of upside, and I obviously agree with them. Uh, and you can see it, uh, the, the, the change in gold ETFs is, uh, is, is directly opposite the Bitcoin price, and I don't see any reason why it stops anytime soon. Robinhood is the new menace. I know there's a lot of Robinhood users and fans out there. I'm not as, as uh, uh, strident or as anti-Robinhood as he is, but I think you should have your eyes wide open that, uh, you know, users aren't customers. They're the product. So what they do is, uh, obviously, it's, it's free trading. They make their money by selling your trades, what you're doing, to the market makers and the market makers scalp inside the bid and ask spread. Uh, so the more users trade, the more money Robinhood makes. And uh, Robinhood users make a lot of trades, nine times more than E-Trade, 40 times more than Schwab. 88 times more options trade uh, relative to account side that, uh, you know, just frankly makes no sense for uh, mainly the young, non-wealthy, inexperienced traders that are that are, are using uh, the, the system. The, the options trading uh, 25,000 versus 292 for uh, for Schwab. So and by the way, I haven't found anybody in 30 years that's made a lot of money um, uh, long-term trading options. If you're out there, I apologize. I haven't met you. Uh, I, I just be very cautious. And I think what, what we've shown is that we don't do a lot. We buy maybe an ETF or two a month. Uh, we own eight, nine, and we're doing great. So um, to each his own, but uh, I'm going to spare you the confetti. We're just going to try and make money. Uh, Bear Traps report. Great newsletter, recommended highly. Uh, the Bloomberg Commodity Index, uh, again, is breaking out of a uh, uh, decade-long uh, massive wedge. You can see it on the, uh, on the chart. And uh, looking to develop, uh, in their point of view, deliver gains 2 or 3x over the next few years. And I think I agree with them. Uh, it's a beautiful chart. And I think we're just in inning uh, two or three at, at the most. Bitcoin to gold ratio, it's another Matterhorn. Uh, you know, just a straight, not straight up, but I mean, it's a, it's a, uh, a very steep ascent. And I bring this up just to point out what they brought up. Parabolic moves can't be sustained like this. They never are. And the corrections are, are you know, 50 to 80%. And uh, can be, and of course happen much more rapidly and violently than the climb occurs so just be aware uh he is uh i think it's larry mcdonald i think that's his name 
is uh, taking profits on on cannabis. He's got a different ETF than I use. I use Y O L O. Um, uh, that's the the cannabis ETF. And you know, back in September, you couldn't give these stocks away. And frankly, uh, the election has gone better than any of us could have could have uh, uh, imagined. Both in terms of cannabis referendum and the fact that now you have. Uh, uh, the, the control of, of the Senate going Democratic, the chances of more expanded decriminalization of cannabis is is pretty likely. So he's got to sell up 86%. God bless him. Uh, I'm holding mine. I think that um, I'm going to see how this plays out. And part of it goes to the next chart, which is uh, the value to sales growth ratio is about as good as anything I've seen in a long, long time. One of the cheapest sectors and, and growing like a weed. And um, I think all the excesses from 2017 have been worked off. And I think we're going to have a lot of fun owning the cannabis ETFs going forward. Governor Cuomo proposes to legalize adult cannabis in New York State. Uh, he's adding mobile sports betting and cannabis to policy proposals. And that's part of our thesis is uh, the states need revenue yesterday and that's a relatively painless way to to garner it and it's going to be happening uh as contiguous states to the to the approved states uh join join the fray all right that's the show uh please also subscribe to my bakes takes youtube channel the audio is the same but the charts that i reference are on the screen follow us on twitter uh at bakes takes underscore and other social media please please use your voicemail sorry, voice memo app to tape your questions, email to bakes at bakestakespodcast.com or write if you prefer. I'll keep you anonymous if you'd like. Thank you for listening. Mike Wilson is my producer. Mike, thank you as always. Uh, have a great week. This is Bakes. Much needed levity. Uh, my, my son Jack uh, sent me this great uh, video. It'll make you smile. A uh, little boy uh, climbs out and sleeps with his dog and it's just, uh, you know, restores your faith in humanity which we need after this week and uh this is kind of personal my sons god bless them uh for christmas got me uh, golf lessons i have uh i have i've hardly played golf since i have uh two hip replacements in my right knee so i'm basically starting the game anew i've got new grips and frankly i need a new excuse uh but anyway this is john panette and the reason i bring this up is that some poor golf pro is going to uh, uh, try to get me to play golf again where I'm half titanium. And John Panette has a line that, uh, you know, I went to a personal trainer. I've gone to several. uh, Most have turned to drugs and alcohol. Uh, So uh, it's a very funny bit. God rest rest in peace, John Panette. And I hope you enjoyed it and get get a chuckle out of it. See you soon, my friends. Take care. Bye now.